welcome to episode 50 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things for One Life Church and ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts here on the podcast, and I'm joined by our co-host and lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Yeah, and you and you said 50, yeah. and I didn't see that coming. I didn't I know. know that. I looked and, at and you because you didn't know. Like, I know, and it's like, I felt like I should have brought some snacks or, or <laughs> done something that was water. a little bit uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I brought water. <laughs> should have brought some Doritos yeah. or something yeah. to kind of uh, share. That's that's cool. Yeah. Number five oh. I know. It seems yeah. like a, a big number to hit. Um I heard uh, actually uh, at a conference this past weekend, they said that if you get past episode 25, you'll stick around and do it. So we've doubled Is that. Is that right? That's yeah. that's true thing? That's hey, like the threshold, apparently. It. That's yeah. right. That means we're going for years, decades into the future. Well, in two episodes, it'll be a full year of episodes. It will. It's wild. Way to go. All credit to you. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, it's been fun, and we're excited to continue on. And I told you guys a couple weeks ago, we um, have some great episodes coming up, and we're really excited about our guest today, who is Chet Todd. And I'm actually going to have Brett kind of go ahead and just jump in and inter- introduce Chet. And it is a, a genuine, true honor to to introduce you, Chet, because I've always you've always been a personal hero of mine. I absolutely love what you do for the community, and ever since I met you, it was like this guy's the stuff. I love him. So, uh, Chet has, uh, you know, there's a lot of background that we can kind of flesh out. He is a local pastor here, and uh, his primary thing that I've seen from where I sit has been he has been used by God in in the Evansville area to lead pastors, especially. In, in praying for our city and uh, has done that consistently. I've seen other efforts to do that off and on in the 87 years that I've been doing this pastoring thing. <laughs> and uh, and they, they kind of rise and fall, honestly. Mm-hmm. And this one has had a sustainable quality to it that has been immense. And, and Chet's got the gifts to make that happen. He's like God's designed person to help all of our pastors gather up, so because uh, it's oh, always an honor and privilege. So he's here, and we're we're gonna get to talk about prayer and talk about the city, and and he'll probably tell at least one fairly corny joke before probably, it's all over. Probably, and I would be disappointed yeah. if you don't. Yeah, so. well, we'll we'll have to do Chet something. Todd. So yeah, what can you tell us about uh, kind of your background in Evansville and your pastoring and all those yeah. things? Well, um, I uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here, also, bro, um, and and sis. Yeah, um, I uh, was. Telling Sarah beforehand, I um, we moved here. Evansville, I consider Evansville my home because I've lived here longer than I've ever than I've lived anywhere else in my life. But um, I was born in Indianapolis. My father was a pastor. This was his hometown, and so we moved back to the area. Um, well, for his in his case, it was back to the area. In my case, it was to the area when uh, I was twelve in nineteen eighty. When was that? Nineteen eighty four, something around that that time. And so I've lived here most of my life. In 2000, um, I, uh, I was away uh, pastoring other places and things like that in Georgia and North Carolina and central Indiana. And then in 2011, we moved back to the area. So this is the place I call home. It's, it's, uh, I, it's dear to my heart, always has been. Yeah. And I, I love Emsville. And I think God's got incredible things in store for the city. And it was just and, in 2011. Uh, yeah. So and, and as long as I've known you, I think it goes back close to that far. So yeah, you probably. started the prayer thing almost right out of the gate. Is that fair to say? Well, uh, we were in Owensboro. Uh, when I say the area, we were in Owensboro for a year. And then um, 2012, uh, God called me to pastor uh, Wellspring Church of the Nazarene, uh, formerly First Church of the Nazarene on the east side of Evansville. And I've always had um, I've always had a heart for prayer. I was raised with my, my father and mother were prayer warriors, and I was raised seeing my dad on his face before the Lord, and it was just ingrained in me. 
And so uh, I, I had um, I had an encounter with God in 2008 when in 2008 I felt a call back to Evansville, but I knew the timing wasn't right. But in 2008, I had an encounter with God uh, unlike anything I've ever had where I, I felt a mandate to repair the altar. Hmm. That's what he, I heard him saying. I, I, I didn't know what that meant. Um, I knew it had to do with prayer. And uh, so we moved here in 2012, July of 2012. And in November, and one of the things I, I noticed, and I, I've also had a heart for pastors working together, churches working together. When I was in college, uh, the Lord put the question in my spirit, what would happen if the churches of a city began to view themselves as the church of a city? What, how would that change the city? Because if we, if we viewed ourselves as the church rather than the churches, the whole dynamic changes because automatically we become a, a majority force. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, that's, that's great stuff. You know, and I think yeah. that's, that's the passion of Christ is to make that happen. And so I, um, I wanted, I had a burden to work with other churches and to pray, just to pray just, and that's really how it started. Just a desire to, to pray. And I got with a pastor in Newburgh, several other churches in the area. And, uh, I said, Hey, why don't we just take a Sunday night? Let's just see how this goes. This was September of 2011. And I said, let's just come together and pray for each other and pray and bring our people together on a Sunday night. Let's, we won't dismiss our Sunday night services. We'll just relocate to one place and uh, just pray for each other. And so that started a monthly prayer meeting, which I think laid the groundwork for the pastor's prayer network the next, about the next year that that began to be established in 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, so that's kind of what kickstarted things, yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's been going ever since. And, it has, uh, and a number yeah. of different things have been added onto it. So you named off a, few, a couple of expressions. So you've got the the yeah. pastors gathering, and what else has been happening as far as just there's a monthly prayer meeting that um, is uh, we we've not uh, we've not met. We didn't meet last month, and and this month is um, October, and Fall Festival always kind of throws it. <laughs> a wrench in, in things like that, like everything else, the entire city you know, stops for <laughs> the right. fall festival. Um, but the next one is in November, but we've been meeting together monthly, just, um, multiple congregations. Uh, the, the phrase that the Lord gave us was many houses, one church, um, houses borrowed, you know, the new Testament, yeah. they referred to each other as houses. Yeah. And so we, we've really intentionally tried to change the vernacular that there's this house or congregation and really refer to the one church. So, uh, we've been meeting together to pray for the city, to pray for each other and to bless each other. And, um, that's been going on. And, uh, about a year after that started, maybe two years, Thursday morning, uh, a prayer network began to be with the pastors began to, to start. And, um, I remember there was a meeting, uh, at golden corral where we were several pastors from different streams were coming together and we were just talking about what can we do, uh, to change the city? What can we do? And I, I just cast the vision of, you know, why don't we just try no other agenda, but just get to get to the feet of Jesus. Um, and you said something about the sustainability of what's been happening. Right. And as you said that, I've been trying to think, you know, what is it that's kept this going? And I really think that's a, that's a key because we, we've purposely and intentionally kept the main thing, the main thing. Um, yeah. there's, we, we do not allow the pol politics. There's no doctrinal stuff. There's no, it's just, you know what? 
We love Jesus. Let's get to his feet and let's pray together. And let's just keep him the center point. And in the, so however many years we've been going, we have yet to have any kind of doctrinal tiff hmm. and or right. debate or anything like that. And, and there's multiple denominations, multiple streams, yeah. Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, um, but no doctrinal anything. Yeah. Uh, we j- but there has been a love and a mutual respect for each other that has been growing. That's unlike anything I've been a part of. You know, I've been I've been in a lot of discussions through the years of that. That question has been asked a lot by and you know you'll, people come in from the outside and they'll say, "How can pastors get together and what can we do together?" And and uh, there's evangelistic crusades that are kind of uh, unified efforts. There's a lot of different things and programs. And anytime I walk away from one of those meetings, I think honestly, this is the best model to do because you just get in a room and you pray together and you pray for one another and you share and then you walk away there's no there's no yeah. losing in that it, it's there's it's no uh, it, and it has this effect it does it softens everything it it, it puts everything in perspective it's it's a it's amazing yeah. uh, it's amazingly simple you know answer to that yeah. question that so many people ask well i mean it really it, there really is that aspect we've what what's happened is and and you know i i i've i've discovered this that the pastors in America are are man. They're a different breed. Um, and and compared to compared pastors to like in well Honduras or <laughs> no, uh, not, I don't to, mean national. I can pastors in general because okay, all right, I've been in Honduras. Right. It's the same thing, right? Um, <laughs> I guess it's our 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 culture right. with the pastorate. So often there's a suspicion with other pastors um, because there's a territorialism. There's a competition. There's a I don't want to get too close to you, and I definitely don't want to get my people too close to you because I don't want you stealing my sheep. Right. So automatically there's walls, which which that statement in itself is problematic because we don't have sheep. They're, right. they're all the Lord's. Right. You know, I mean, I don't mean that wrong, but we don't. Yeah. It's, sure, it's, yeah, it's exactly There's one yeah. church. And so, um, but that territorialism, that competition is huge. And it breeds suspicion because, you know, there have been people that have not been, that, that have viewed, you know, parishioners and church people like commodities and things like that. And, and I think that's all of that is symptomatic of a mindset that the Lord wants to break down. And I don't know of a better way to break that down than for me to pray for someone else to prosper. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I yeah. can't be yeah. in competition against somebody if I'm praying for their prosperity, if I'm praying for God to bless them. It okay. kind of just tears down anything naturally that, that really would, does that would rise. And I, I kick out of the thought of you in the Golden Corral, though, when everybody was coming up with all these ideas, and you said, "Why would he get at the feet of Jesus?" I have a feeling the conversation probably stopped at that point. Like, who's going to come back and say, "No, no, I think we ought to <laughs> do this other idea that I came up with and well, sell baked goods or something." You know, it's interesting. Um, I think the timing w- w- was just right because. Um, I think there's a there's a growing frustration, and I still think there's a continued growing frustration among pastors that we see the way the culture is going. We see, and we're, we're desperately trying to 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 reach the culture, and we know something's wrong with the system, but we don't know what, and we don't know what to do about it. So we're trying different things, and I think I sensed in the room when I when I cast the vision, let's just get to the feet of Jesus. Let's just let's just let's just get in his presence. Let's just return back to to the basics. There there was a resonating um, that took place because you know we we had talked about events 
And uh, I think the common attitude was, we've been there, we've done that, mm-hmm. right? And what I'm finding is with unity, unity for the sake of unity never happens. But if we just concentrate on uni- on uniting with Christ, it's like the spokes on a wheel. The closer you get to the center, the closer you get to each other. Unity as a byproduct is what sustains. Yeah. And the the does that make sense? I mean, sure. and and unity for unity, you can tie two cats together and have unity, right. but you don't have harmony. Right. And that's a very. I mean, they're they're together. And I think that's what we've a lot of times what we've called unity in the past is we have a big function and you have, you know, 30 congregations that come together. Well, isn't the church unified? But when the event is done, they go back to their little territory. And, you know, that's not unity. Unity is when I truly feel like we're co-pastors in the city. I truly feel like we're, you know, I mean, that's unity when we we love each other, when we know each other. And, um, yeah, so that, and I don't know of a, a better way to do that than get the feet of Jesus together. Yeah, I, I don't either, and I, I couldn't come up with a plan B for sure <laughs> yeah. for doing that. Because I, I have, I've been in one. those discussions <laughs> off and on through yeah. the years. What are we going to do? Uh, you know, how can we all join together? And it's not sustainable. But that one, it really does. And I love your uh, that statement about uh, let's see ourselves as pastors of the city mm-hmm. rather than pastors of our churches in the city. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, or however it is you said it. Co-pastors <laughs> it in the city. Co-pastors in the yeah. city, that's right. Have you, in this... Um, just being a part of this, what have you seen change? Like either in you or in people mm. you've prayed with or just the city? Like what are any of the things that can stick out for you? You know, I, I think God is um, God is coming at this, this because here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced it's not just a good idea. I'm convinced it's the will of Christ. In John 17, he prayed that we would be one as, as he was one with the Father. In fact, he even said that the world believing in him is contingent upon, upon our unity. Um, so I think we have to be convinced that this is what Jesus wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I, I think God's coming at it from various angles. What I'm seeing in the city is a true culture shift because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a culture shift. We're talking about a mindset change that has to happen and you don't do that overnight and you don't do that with one gathering and you don't do that with one event um you you just don't and so i see multiple streams coming together multiple things attacking this competition and territorialism uh ross chapman with the one life one one church one community uh uh movement that he has where he's bridging the church with the marketplace and, and bringing community leaders and non-profit faith-based leaders and, and marketplace leaders and bringing them together. Um, that's another thing that has just created a, a culture of unity. And that's really what we're talking about. Other things, there's other prayer networks that have popped up. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah, and I think does, yeah. what I see is there is a there's a mentality that's changing that uh, just an overall sense that, you know, we are in this together. We are truly one, one church. Um, and it's not, you know, not every, this is coming from whether or not pastors are joining at this pastor's prayer network or with the one church, one community movement. There's this mentality of camaraderie that I see forming and that's growing, uh, that is exciting. Um, you know, and, and Evansville, I mean, here's the thing. Evansville used to be infamous for its division. I mean, 
good night. This, the, the main street down Evansville for years was Division Street. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if that says anything. But, <laughs> never but thought about that. I never I thought about that either. That's, that's good. I'll never yeah. see it the same way again. <laughs> it's so true. Well, I and, and really, I've, I've uh, having lived here, uh, I was born, raised here, and lived here all my life except for like a five-year uh, time when I was out and, and doing ministry for here for many years. I know that we always said we, we made the miserable city ranking kind of a, a target on the wall in, in the locker room, so to yeah, speak, in, yeah. in, our, in our world. But that about the time that this prayer stuff started happening, uh, we've seen other things like Ross's deal and mm-hmm. even things that are happening in the economy. And, and, and yeah. the, the, the city, truly, I can say this because I've been here all my yeah. life, is better off than I've ever seen it in my life. Ease for everyone. And, uh, yeah. Those movements. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the leaderships that's going on, the development of the downtown, which we mm-hmm. heard ad nauseum for years and years and years to the point where I was skeptical of it. Don't just shut up about it already. And let's yeah. just, we're not going to worry about it. Uh, and that is changing. Yeah. And, and I absolutely believe with everything in me it's uh it's the prayers that have been going on uh mm-hmm. without any question that's the foundation and i wish everybody yeah. knew that and uh could understand it because I've, I've i've had a front row seat to it yeah and and in a front row seat to you being <laughs> used by god to be that key leader in that too so mm-hmm. uh, i think that's uh one of those amazing things uh, that i wish people knew uh, more about there's yeah. pastors here that are actually praying for this stuff you know and and it's it's even pastors we don't know about um I uh, was in contact with um, with a Hispanic pastor in the city. Um, well, uh, one of the churches we wanted to change pews just real quick on how you know kingdom resources, how this works. Okay, um, and and just an example of just just we wanted to change from pews to, to chairs, and of course that's a that's a pretty chunk of money, pretty mm-hmm. good chunk of money. Um, so I I was you know just kind of praying about it. And I said, well, if you want this to happen, Lord, <laughs> you got to bring this about. And a, another pastor that I pray with contacted me out of the blue and said, Hey, we're remodeling our sanctuary. We'd like to uh, donate our chairs to you guys. Perfect color. I mean, matched everything. So oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So wow. 360 chairs. Wow. Um, yeah. It just gave it to us. Well, we, that left us with the issue of, okay, we have these pews. Oh, these pews yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I put it out on Facebook, you know, pews free to a good home. And a Hispanic pastor contacted me in, in uh, on the southeast side of Evansville. They had been praying about what to do with their pews because their pews were falling apart. They were having to prop them up in the middle with, with oh the stuff. Oh, my God. Is that and right? they it didn't have money for pews. That was going on. Yeah. They didn't have money for pews. And they said, Lord, what are we going to do? And they saw the ad. Well, they have a sister church in Alabama that was facing the same problem. So we were able to supply and to donate our pews to these two churches. So here's community economics, right? One church remodels their sanctuary and supplies seating for four houses, for four congregations. But in the midst of that, um, which that was just kind of a cool thing, it's kingdom resources, you know. But the Hispanic pastor was talking to me, and he said, we have a group that meets on Wednesdays. And he didn't know about the pastor's prayer network on Thursdays. I was going to invite him. He said, we have a group of Hispanic pastors in the city that meets on Wednesday mornings, and we're praying for unity, and we're praying for the pastors of Evansville, and we're praying for This is going on one group with no knowledge of the other group. And yet this is going on uh, through the week on a, yeah. on the day right before. So, I mean, God's moving in this area, you Absolutely. know what I mean? He's doing Absolutely. stuff um, like that. Now, as you, as you do spend time in prayer and obviously we've been doing this for years, it's just, it's part of your DNA and you've been praying with other pastors and things outside of the, 
being notorious for its divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been a sense that you've seen, experienced in your own life or others, that kind of the spiritual realities of the challenges that this area, every area has their different mm-hmm. darkness, forms of darkness, I guess you'd say, yeah. uh, and the spiritual battles that they have to face. What has been your observation about this, this area and its particular challenges? Well, I tell you, something that um, has actually been a target um, of our prayers just recently, um, Evansville, God's doing something. And, you know, if if God's on the move, you can mark it down that the devil takes note. Um, And and I I mean that because, you know, there there are, (laughs) there is another side at work. Um, it doesn't worry me, you know, because, you know, God's already won the victory. So it's not a, it's not that kind of thing, but I've seen, um, you know, with the influx of the economy, with the influx of businesses coming in, um, there's some capitalization going on. Uh, I know there's an increase, there's, there's an influx of gangs in the city. I wasn't aware of that until just recently. I think there's like 24 different gangs in the city. I didn't 24? Know that. Wow. 24 different gangs in the city. Some of them are coming down from Chicago and actually sending leaders to establish um, chapters here in Evansville. That's significant to me. That's that's an influx. You know, the, um, the I know the heroin problem and different things like that. There's you're seeing that. While you know, and I say that not for any kind of fear or anything like that, but this should keep us on our knees and should keep our competition. You know, should destroy our competition. If nothing else does, then we we need to look at it and say, look, we can't be squabbling over junk that doesn't matter we've got we've got some serious attacks coming in the city that we and you know and i hear this i hear people say this i hear people say well you got to do more than pray that's one of the things that that's commonly i'm commonly told well you're praying that's good but to be honest whenever i hear someone say that um most of the time when people say you got to do more than pray I, I kind of think it's a cop out to cover up for their lack of prayer because they don't have the patience to wait on the Lord, and so they have to do something. I, I mean, I don't mean that you, yeah, you've got to do more than pray, but here's what I equate that to because here's what I believe prayer is to the believer prayer to the believer is breathing. So whenever I hear someone say you have to do more than pray, it's like saying you have to do more than breathe. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but you don't stop breathing in order to do what you got to do. Right. Um, you got to keep breathing while you're doing. So, I mean, and people say, well, I'm not that good at prayer. I'm like, okay, well, are you good at breathing? I mean, (laughs) what would would you do if someone came up to you and said, you know, you got this breathing thing down. Man, I'm just not, I'm just not talented at it. It's not my gift. I wish I could breathe (laughs) like you do. Well, you would would say, well, if there's a problem with your breathing, you need to go to get it checked out. You know, I mean, there's, there's, and I think that's the thing with prayer. If there's a problem with our prayer, we need to get it checked out. <laughs> we need to find out. But, yeah. but that doesn't mean we stop doing things right. in order to breathe. Neither do we stop praying in order to do things. Yeah. And uh, does that make yeah, sense? See, if you, if you were listening and you didn't get anything else out of, <laughs> out of the rest of the time, you got that. And so that's a great image walking around because it's a perfect answer to that question. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be so fundamental. I heard it said, I even quoted this. I'm not going to quote it right. But uh, one pastor said, uh, your, 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 your prayers possibly lack because you see it as supplemental, not fundamental. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's a, that's a critical <laughs> thing. It's just supposed to be how things operate, period, and, and yeah. never overlooked. So that's, that's a, huge. And I think that that, that is also a, an obstacle to corporate prayer. 
because if we see it as vital, then there's another step. We, we kind of individualize everything. And so we can see prayer as vital and yet be talking about our own personal prayer life and miss the fact that corporate prayer, praying with believers, is just as vital. Um, we were meant to do that. Uh, yeah. When Jesus said, this is how you pray, and he taught them, he was speaking in the plural sense. In fact, <laughs> um, let me share this. I was reading a book, and I forget the book. But, you know, you hear the, the King James, when you pray, go into your closet. You know, so you hear the term prayer closet, right? I was reading a book where a guy was touring England, um, around, and he was touring one of those castles that was built in the 1600s, right at the time of King James. And they came across this room. Uh, with the tour guide, and it said prayer closet, or King, I'm sorry, King's closet, King's closet. He walked in, and it's this huge room. And so he asked the tour guide, and he said, wow, so King's had walk-in closets back then. The tour guide said the word closet means something different than it meant in the 1600s. He said in the 1600s, a closet referred to the room where the king gathered with his most trusted friends. So put that into the scripture. When you pray, go no. into your closet. No. And you, man, wow. you've got, you know, and I think that's part of the power where two or more agree. Well, man, that's, that's vital. It's yeah, vital. I better believe it. Yeah. I say that because I think that's one of the obstacles of getting pastors to pray with each other. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to ask we've about got, that. Yeah. We've got so many irons in the fire that, that this is just, a, it's a negotiable thing. And we don't think about it. We, you know, we've got, and we have, if you're, especially if you're part of a denomination, you got, you know, your spiritual authority over you. You've got expectations from other places, from the community. And I think part of the thing that has to happen is the shifting of priorities. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. So, so it sounds know. like two different things. You said, you know, there's barriers where people, other pastors feel like, well, that's like, I don't want you to take someone for me or those yeah. kinds of things. But then also mentioning that sometimes that like as churches, we just feel like we have too many things going on in our own building. Yeah. We can't add to. And, yeah. um, that, and when you say that out loud, it sounds really sad. Like it just sounds like a sad like thing to think about. <laughs> I mean, it does, but I mean, I think we, we were talking about that before we started recording, you know, just in society, we always feel like we've got to continue doing things. We need to take those days to even just stop. Um, but uh, before we, we kind of wrap up, I do want to make sure we highlight. So there's something in February that's going to be happening um, in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what the plan is for that? What the hope yeah. is? Um, uh, Pastor David Mills um, of Olivet uh, Church, Presbyterian Church, um, he, uh, I mean, he has a vision um, and he's, kinda, he's uh, spearheading this and, and running with this. And we're just kind of coming along with him, uh, walking together. Um, but he has a, he has a vision of um, taking the month of February and and here's the thing this vision is huge and if it's going to happen it's got to be God that does it because I uh, neither he nor I have a clue on how to orchestrate this <laughs> um, but that's okay because you know if if we could if we could do God's vision and perform it in our own strength, then we wouldn't need him to do it. And so I, you know, I, mean, I think that's part of our problem. We do what we can do instead of trusting that he'll do what he can do. Um, the vision is to get the name of everyone in Evansville and divvy it out among the churches of Evansville, the church of Evansville. Let me practice what I preach here. Um, the church of Evansville and every person by name in the month of February and well for 30 days. So we'll start January 20. Or January 30th, because there's there's 29 days this year in February or next year. 
every person for 30 days by name in Evansville is prayed for by the church. So here's what we're looking, here's the scope. We're looking at and praying in 30,000 believers who will commit, 30,000 believers in Evansville who will commit to pray for 10 to 12 people by name for 30 days in Evansville. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's doable. I absolutely I think, it's, think doable. it's doable. Yeah, with, without a doubt. And uh, what a yeah. what a fantastic idea! And if and and if we don't hit it, we ought to try it again and just keep yeah. <laughs> keep going keep doing it until we hit it you know, and stretch right. it out from March to April or something and keep sure. trying. You know, uh, because imagine that. And you got to wonder what truly could happen if if that was really going on and we were pursuing that. Uh, it, it's hard. Sure. To, I think that it changed the face of the community without question. I, well, I was yeah. thinking even like yeah. if I have a list of. 30 people or 20 people or whatever um, the list is. And, you know, five years down the road, I meet that person randomly. I'm like, I've yeah. prayed for you. Can you yeah. imagine what you would feel if I just... Oh, yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. It's, that'd be incredible. That'd, yeah, it will. Incredible. It really would. Or you'd see their name out there. And if there was only a way to get the, the names of these gang members, I don't know if they're on oh any registrations. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So that would be the best, you know, to Wouldn't say, it? so let's, let's do it, man. Well, and it is a task. I mean, because we're talking every person in Evansville by name. That's also including the people in the nursing homes, mm-hmm. as, uh, yeah. in, in hospitals. That, well, they don't live in the hospitals, but you know what right. I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah. But it's also including the homeless community. How in the world are we going to do that? Yeah. Uh, well, it's got to be God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying he's got to do it. But that's okay right. because if he put the vision in us, he plans to fulfill it. Yeah. And let's say so. it's not successful in the sense that we don't get everyone covered. Well, we got a whole lot more people covered than we did have. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, yeah, you know that's yeah. what I tell people about uh, about the prayer thing. Well, I'm not that good at it. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But if I'm not that good at breathing, it's still better than the alternative of not breathing at all. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, that's right. you know, I'm, I'm shoot for the stars. I got a breathing thing. problem, yeah, but yeah. I'm still going to breathe as best I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better believe it. And yeah. we would. We'd have a whole lot more people prayed for than we had previously. So, yeah. and that that would have to mark things without a doubt. Mm. Well, I think it's one. There again, I think it's one more step in the culture shift. Yes. Um, it's it's there's you know there are things coming up. Uh, Convoy of Hope. Uh, is an organization that's that's coming in, uniting churches together to provide some of the needs for, um, you know, the basic needs of the community for a day, a big, huge event. I say event, but these things coming in, we can't view them as events. We've got to view them as one more step in the unifying, one yes. more one more catalyst, one more. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes. It's, it's persistence. Yeah, Culture sure. has changed over persistence, repetition, over time with persistence and repetition over time. Yep. That's how you change a culture. Yep. And uh, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And that's what I see God doing. And if I look back 12 years ago when we started and where we are now, there has been a definite shift. Oh, um, yes, unquestionable. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah, very observable, objective reality without a doubt. And just getting started, I believe that. Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll try it's- this has been amazing. I, I mean, I've learned a ton. I didn't know a lot of the stuff that you were talking about. Some of the stuff Brett's mentioned, you know, I knew a little bit about um, the Pastors Prayer Network, and but it's awesome being able to learn that. And I've learned two other things about you that I think you should do. One, you should record an audiobook. 
And <laughs> yes, two, that's right. Got to do that start, voice. Just, radio voice. Yeah, just start a podcast. You've got the voice, and you've got obviously great content to share out. So. And do you have you one 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 joke you can tell us before you go off? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I, I've never been around you. You didn't have well, one in the think. pocket. Where does okay? What I'm, I'm, I'm it's not it's not a uh, issue of coming up with one. It's an issue of which one. <laughs> which one? Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Well, since we're doing uh, since we're talking on prayer and and the church and things like that, there was a man. Um, stranded on a desert island, and um, uh, after years, he was finally rescued. And uh, the the rescuers showed up, and they saw three huts on the on the beach, and they said, "Go get the other people with you, and we'll get off this island." And he said, "It's just me." And they said, "Well, what? Are, I, I see three huts. Who are in the other huts?" And he said, "Well, the 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 first hut there is where I live, and the second hut down from it, that's where I uh, that's my church. That's where I worship." And they said, "Well, what's the third hut?" He said. Pah. That's where I used to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. That's perfect. There you go. There you go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy that. That's a good that. one. I'm use that. And tell Matt that one tomorrow. True story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Chet, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thank for taking for some of your time me. and just coming and sharing some of this information. And um, hopefully we'll be able to share more in Feb- closer to February of, of some of the um, praying for the city stuff. Um, Absolutely. Getting some of those names out. Yeah, so we're doing it. Brett, anything else yeah. to close with? Well, I, I would just remind everybody, speaking of if you're having to be one lifer, uh, that we are this coming Sunday going to be talking about prayer and fasting, explaining all that the very next day. We're going to start a 21-day uh, fasting and prayer time leading up to our series called Centered. And so that'll all be starting. So this will so cool. accompany all that. And uh, yeah, we're starting on the 30th. And uh, so we're going to talk through what does it mean to do that? Why the fasting thing? What does that even do? Kind of explain that. And I know a number of people are probably going to step out and do that for the very first time. That's so awesome. that'll be uh, that'll be an adventure by itself. So we're going to be learning about prayer and about uh, all that goes with it. Can I make an observation uh, just depends on what it is. Sure. Well, yeah, I guess so. we yeah. can always edit you out. We can always edit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you might edit this. One of the things that I've seen as we prayed, and I've prayed with other pastors, is I can't tell you the 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 number of times that we have not talked about what we're going to preach, but we've talked about what we preached, hmm. and there was no collusion. Collusion is that the word? No coordination between us, and yet multiple times we found out that many of us preached on the same thing <laughs> the prior Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how it's God, true. Yeah. I just preached and, and am doing a series on prayer at Wellspring. Um, just started two Sundays ago. We're, we're, we're oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, that's what made me think of this. Okay. Um, I'll admit I listen in on you. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Which chat? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. 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 Well, fact, do that. But that's, I just think that's really neat uh, yeah. how God does that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's really what the spirit is saying to the churches big time and, or to the church rather. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, can I pull a major audible right now and ask you to do something for us? Yeah. Could you pray for the city? Pray for us as we close out? Absolutely. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great one. Father, um, Lord, this is the, I, I just, I firmly believe this is your will. Jesus, what, what I believe is happening in the city, what we're seeing and we've talked about happening in the city, I believe is an answer uh, to your prayer in John 17 when you prayed that we would be one that the world may believe. So our unity, Lord, is, is um, man, it, the byproduct of our unity is that the world will believe. So, Father, I thank you for doing that. And, uh, Jesus, we just, together, um, all of us, we just come into agreement that you are unifying this city, that you're unifying your church. You don't have uh, multiple churches. You have one church in, in the area. 
we just meet in different buildings all over. And I thank you, Lord, that you are unifying us. I thank you, Father, that you're even now, you are uh, continuing to put sparks for desire for prayer in people's hearts. You're igniting things, Lord. You're you're igniting people's prayer lives like never before. And I thank you um, for one life. And I thank you for what you're doing through them. And I thank you for Pastor Brett, Lord. And I just thank you uh, for the vision that he's casting this Sunday. And I thank you for your anointing that rests upon him and how the kingdom is going to be established and furthered and prospered because of his obedience. I thank you for Sarah. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that this team is to the city. And Lord, I just bless one life in Jesus' name. Lord, prosper them. Lord, they're reaching places that no one else can reach because you've uniquely called them into an identity that's not in competition with any other congregation in Evansville. It's a, it's a compliment. Lord, it's a completion in the church of Evansville, Father. They are fulfilling their role in this city that you've called them to do, and I praise you for that, Father, because you're using them. Now, Lord, prosper them, bless them, give them favor, increased favor. And Lord, I just thank you that you're supplying all their need, and I thank you, Lord, that you are working in the hearts of the people, that you're casting this vision, that you're growing this desire for prayer, this desire just um, to be the body of Christ as we should be in their hearts. And thank you for using them in this kingdom picture in the city, Lord. We bless them and we praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's a way to close the podcast right there. Thank you, Chet. Appreciate it so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Podcast. If you heard anything that you want other people to know, we totally love it if you share that out on social media and let other people hear it as well. My name's Sarah, and I produced this episode, and our music was produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If you ever want to contact us at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.